you know, being new mama and all those like stressors that goes along with it in our psychological mind. Cause we create, we're like awesome storytellers. And oftentimes we're like, you know, traumatic storytellers, <laughs> dramatic storytellers. Hi, I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild. We're wellness experts, fertility strategists, and moms who overcame infertility infusing science and all things natural. We are on a mission to boost your mood, your bod, and your inner mama spirit as you navigate this thing called life. From fertility to pregnancy and mamahood through menopause. Think of us as your own personal fertility squad as you make, grow, birth, and raise your baby. Fasten your seatbelts, lean lean in, and get ready to learn and be encouraged. This is my Fertology Podcast. So I had my fertility while I was doing my PhD. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, and and then speaking about stress, and this is exactly the topic we're going towards. And I want to speak beyond that because we're going to stretch this conversation um, because we're not looking solely at fertility. We're looking at pregnancy. We're looking at postpartum. We're looking at being a mom in general, because doesn't it also trans, uh, transfer like through all the segments in our lives? Totally. Sorry, oh I was smiling God. at your dog. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I always have that happen to me. Dog is visiting. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Dogs are no. so therapeutic. Or, you know, like I remember, you know, uh, my pregnancy losses, having my dog just like crying and tears rolling over on the dog who's looking up at me, howling. <laughs> like it's totally. just like empathic. You know, an empath. Dog. Yeah, they really are. You know, when when I sit and I have, and we'll talk about this too, but like I I call them grief containers, where we have to take the time to actually create the space to grieve losses and grieve whether that's a pregnancy loss or whether that's getting your period. Like it doesn't matter. It it's it's a loss, and so taking that space. And so when I take time to grieve for other things, now uh, the dog always comes and puts her paw. On my heart, I got to tell you, like she puts it right up there and just holds it every time. Oh, it's it's I like, and she that. doesn't do it otherwise. So it's a, so it's really funny. magical. Well, yeah. but that's why it's it's true, right? That's why they have the personal support animals. I mean, it is a thing. It's real. So I'm I'm glad you're bringing this up, and you know that is one way. That's one tool that you can have. But of course, if you don't have a dog, that actually means that you need to go get one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the whole undertaking exactly yes exactly yeah there's a book called when elephants weep and uh it's about you know how they they can be good empaths and you can always borrow a dog if you don't have the time True. right so but well, uh yeah i love the grief container concept because you know you let it pool out the tears in that moment and you're giving yourself the space because, you know, otherwise it hits you sometimes at the least expected times because you haven't dealt with it. Let's let's go veer back towards this conversation about stress. And we'll start at the juncture of time in trying to conceive. And then we'll move on during pregnancy and then postpartum and then you know, being new mama and all those like stressors that goes along with it in our psychological mind. Cause we create, we're like awesome storytellers. And oftentimes we're like, you know, traumatic storytellers, <laughs> dramatic storytellers. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to start with a question or do you want me to just sort of throw out some well, tips or how do you want to go? So I think then let's just talk about, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. When a woman's trying to conceive, 
there is a level of grief when you see your period. Totally. totally. When you exactly. miscarry. When you are pregnant and you are anticipating things to go wrong because you've had a journey. So where where would you like to start and just speak into this? Yeah. So all of it, you know, the title of this is, you know, are you stressed about being stressed? And that is exactly what I talk to my clients about. Like it, it's being stressed. The first level is quite normal, especially if you've been through multiple, you know, losses or multiple field cycles or, you know, any of that. It's We're human. How could we not be worried or concerned or like, you know, vigilant about whether or not this is going to work next time, right? So let's just normalize that. You're human. That's not going to change. We're not some kind of superpowered beings. It, it doesn't work like that. But the extra stress, so the stress on top. So worrying about worrying is where I, I'm like, okay, that we have some control over, right? You know, so I understand why you'd worry about worrying because you're not supposed to worry, right? That's the that's the messaging that we get. And the reality is, you one, you can worry. It's okay, right? Just normalize it. These containers that I talk about are something that I actually do with them as well. I'm like, you know, if you feel like the worrying is t- overtaking your life, which often it does uh, when you're going through fertility, make a container for worrying, right? So I give them permission, like once or twice a week, I need you to set up this space like an hour where you get to obsess, like obsess and worry and do whatever you need to do, but for an hour, right? And then what we do is after that hour of obsessing about it, they uh, I have them have a YouTube video set up that's really, really funny, usually a dog video, actually, <laughs> speaking of dogs, and that will kind of just jolt them out of it. Because once you get in that spinning, it's hard to actually move out of it. So we need something else to help them. So that's one uh, technique that we use using something funny, like quick funny, not a sitcom, it's too slow, but something quick to just jolt you out of it. And that way, what you're doing is you're... you're um, acknowledging that valid worry. You're saying, I see you, I hear you. Here's your space, here's your time. Okay, now we're done, right? And in doing so, we are releasing it rather than letting it kind of poke at us all day long, all day long. So if during the day it's happening, you're like, no, my container for worrying is tonight. So I can make a little note of worrying about X and then stick it in my pocket. And then I can literally look at it later. Because Tanya, you said, you know, like in inopportune times, things happen, right? Like at work, it's like, I can't have that happening. I need to be doing my work. And yet it keeps coming in or the grief keeps coming in. So by creating this space for it, it knows you're honoring it. And then you'll move through that. Does that make sense? What if you show up at that time? It makes total sense. And, and uh, we've talked about worry time. Lovely idea. For worry time and now we're using it in, in the context of grief and like having those kind of grief outlets i think it's it's an excellent idea but i've had patients then say come back and say well what if i feel numb in that time and i'm unable to what would you suggest like they're just they're they're so com- they're compartmentalizing so much they get to their you know designated worry time and then they can't there's nothing there Great point. Great point. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Uh, yes. So you have to induce it. Actually, <laughs> like I, I, I ask them to turn on sad music if they need to. They can start to journal. They so they can start talking about it to a friend or just out loud. That starts to bring the uh, activation back. Uh, and it's like, well, why would I want to do that? You know, if I'm not feeling it, why would I want to do that? 
like I've been feeling it all day and now I'm having a good night. And now you're telling me to go do that. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to say you have to, but I, I think that the point is we can keep doing that and we, we find ways to dodge it. And I think that's more what it is than we happen to be having a good night tonight. Right now, sometimes it is that. So be true to yourself. I'm not, you know, uh, going to force you again, but it's really think about, am I trying to dodge it because it's uncomfortable or am I actually truly having this amazing time? And I genuinely do, do not want to do that tonight. Right. Right. Yeah. Think. No, I think it's excellent. I also think kind of recognizing where you are in your menstrual cycle might change the level of worry. Do you want to speak to that? Like maybe the best times in the cycle to kind of focus on letting yourself have that cry time? Yeah. You know, to be perfectly honest, I could sort of say the, um, you know, the luteal phase is probably the best, but I don't want to say that because everybody really is so uniquely different. So I want you to just track you and and notice so you could take a couple of months and notice when do i typically feel like this is a good space or time for me to do that um when i'm feeling a bit lower or you know a little less anxious a little more low you can bring it in there as well right does that make sense again yeah no for sure because it's going to be very individual i remember catching myself during the ovulation time you know your estrogen's high so you would be like you know, more sensitive potentially and, and, or then it could be, you know, after you get the negative pregnancy test or it's a positive and then it's a negative. So the chemical pregnancy, so you're kind of all over the map. It's like such a roller coaster ride. And uh, the grief container is a really good concept for people because if you compartmentalize too much, then you have you can have grief attacks and people are like, I don't know where I was totally fine. And, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me, but it's because it's the constant suppression. So it's like recognizing that it can also internalize. So you don't want it to turn into a physical ailment. Exactly. And, uh, again, that's stressing about being stressed. And like there was a study recently that came out that Mary and I were talking about. So where there's a higher perceived stress in early pregnancy was associated with an elevated risk of pregnancy loss with a higher risks observed for the earlier HCG um, detected pregnancy losses. But I kind of wonder, cause I don't know if they factored in that perhaps people who are, had higher worry, maybe they had a good reason to be higher worrying. So whether or not the stress to induce that miscarriage, or maybe they were people who had, you know, previous losses or multiple, you know, uh, risk factors that put them in a higher category for worrying about that <laughs> loss. So, because I don't, I, uh, I although I, I worry about that message about, you know, like this, this message of this study saying, if you worry, you can cause a miscarriage. Like, I don't, yes. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love it that you mentioned that because I think that's the most important piece to the study. It came out in 2022 in July. Okay. And I think the message is, Oh gosh, you know, if you stress, then it might increase your miscarriage risks. And it's like, oh my gosh, then back to the conversation, right? Back to that conversation of like, we need to worry less about being stressed and, and focus more on tools to release our emotions in a healthy and balanced way with your containers that you're speaking to. And, you know, Amy Morin, when we interviewed her, and she wrote a book called Men- Growing Mentally Strong. And um, she calls it, I think, worry times, right? So it's it's not much different. It's really the same thing. Like literally, you know, she says scheduling it in, 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, exactly. this is an inappropriate time, but one is an appropriate time. So we're going to schedule in the worry time. Exactly. And so the whole point behind all this, it's like, and you, you guys both address this too. It's Chinese in Chinese medicine. We, and actually a lot of medicines, we know and see the impact when we harbor emotional stress internally over time, it can become a physiological um, distress to the point where things ensue, like actual, you know, asthma or pain in the back or, you know, hypertension, like those things are real and it can be impacted through how we internalize our stress. Totally. A hundred percent. And that's only if we ignore it, right? Like, that's yes. like if we, so, so, you know, the container is probably the hardest strategy to be honest. So we just happened to start with that one, but I want to just help, you know, <laughs> ease, ease this a little bit. Like the breath is, is a beautiful, beautiful tool, right. To start to reduce the worry and a breath of a simple breath, right. It doesn't have to be some huge breath work piece right now. It's just a, like a five second inhale, five second exhale. 10 times. Right. So yeah. why don't we, we love being very super crazy practical. Would you be open to just leading us right this moment? And, you know, mm-hmm. keep in mind that some people are listening through podcasts mm-hmm. um, in a, at a later date. So if you can just direct us in a quick, because <laughs> everybody's like into quick. So a, a breath, guided breath, whatever we call it. Totally, totally. I won't do all 10 breaths because that takes about two minutes. So but I'll do, I'll do like two or two rounds uh, and then you can do the rest of them. But the, the, it's, it's as simple as the rules are five true five second inhale through the nose and an actual five second exhale from the mouth. And then you just repeat that while dropping your shoulders as well. This is important because we don't want to be in fight mode. When our shoulders are up, we're kind of in fight mode. So you want to be dropping your shoulders and then slowly taking a deep breath in to wherever it goes, heart, belly, doesn't matter. Just So it's one, two, three, four, five. And then we're exhaling. One, two, three, four, five. And one more round. One two, three, four, five, and exhale, one, two, three, four, five. I don't know about you, just those two breaths actually help me like grind ground more, right? And um, we know in research that it does have an actual impact on our physiology and on our brain when we do this. And I know that when we spoke to... um, Dr. Jill Blakeway, who wrote Energy Medicine, she speaks to the breath as well. And I'm mm-hmm. currently reading another book called Breath through uh, yes. The Last Investor. Investor. Yeah, 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 totally. Great book. And, exactly. you know, speaking to how that really impacts our physiology as well. So 100%. Yeah, like literally, right? We're creating a chemical change and that's what we want. We want our system to stop giving up that cortisol and all the other stress hormones and bring in the calming hormones. And so that's that's huge. The other technique that I use, going back to dogs again, is visualizing, if you like puppies, okay, or kittens, or I don't care, any baby animal, okay, just a little tiny animal, is <laughs> the idea for the cuteness of it. And you're going to actually allow yourself to sort of imagine hugging that little thing, right? This little, this little puppy. And when we do that, you can just do an imagination. You can look at a YouTube video if you want to, it doesn't matter. 
but bring that oxytocin to your system, right? Like that releases that love hormone and that negates the cortisol, right? So love and fear, they kind of don't go together. Either I'm loving or I'm in fear. Like, and which is why when we talk about parenting, when we're in fear, the child can't experience love, right? It's very difficult. Even though you know at an intellectual level you love them, it's not the same. So but that's for later. Um, so the the um, whole idea here. So by the way, on my website, I do have a, it's called the Energy Protocol, and it goes over all these. You can download it and you can get it. So uh, the website is just drjuliasen.com, and it's, I'm pretty sure it's on the main page. So we'll um, have it on our show notes. Okay. Sure when, be, when we release it. Yeah. This might so. be a TMI or too much information kind of share, but to add to what you just said with the oxytocin, when you're breastfeeding, if you're in fight or flight mode, you have a harder time um, producing milk. And I remember, um, like you're saying, snuggle up with a dog. I remember if baby was sleeping and I had to pump and I was like, kind of going to work or whatever. If I would just pet the dog for a little bit, <laughs> I'd literally get a uh, letdown. So yeah. we know chemically it's real. I know it sounds strange. So I'm not breastfeeding my dog. But my dog gives me that calm, that peace and my baby sleeping. Or if you look at a video of your baby in order to bring that sense of calm to kind of like, you know, get that letdown, like that oxytocin for lactin release, like the hug hormones, like you can literally bring that on people. If you don't have something visual or you don't see something and recognize sometimes you don't want to do it. So if, if you know that there's definitely a chemical change and you keep practicing every time you practice the breath or the hug, and you just, you know, kind of ease into it, it'll get easier because sometimes people are so stuck in fight, flight, freeze mode. They can't even get to that. Like they're, they're just like, totally. you want me to breathe? I can't even get past the feeling. <laughs> so yes. breathing, <clears throat> it's sometimes hard to do the transition is what I'm saying. Like if, if you understand it and, and it, it's helpful to have those visuals. <laughs> so I don't know exactly. if that makes sense. And that's, that goes back to trying to conceive though too, or, or early pregnancy, right? When there's lots of stress, because we are talking about the study about, you know, if we have stress, then maybe it can impact our uh, miscarriage risks. So mm -hmm. it, I don't think it's different. A, a oxytocin love hormone connection to this life that is not even preconceived, like, you know, preconceived life or newly conceived life. We, we, I think it's really important to connect, not necessarily with the baby, because of course there's that fear of, oh my exactly. gosh, I don't want to connect to something that I don't know if it's going to, if I'm going to lose it. Right. I don't know if you experienced that. That's but why I go puppies. Go. That's why I always go to puppies. I always go to puppies. It's safer uh, because that's something that they can imagine is visual. They're not attached in the same way. If they have their own puppy, they are, but that's different. Uh, so the idea here is, yeah, as soon as we go to infant, it becomes harder unless we're already, you know, parents. But parents while we're right. trying, that feels very risky. So we want to stick with oxytocin via something else that brings you a loving sensation, not an ocean, by the way. Right. That doesn't usually bring oxytocin. That brings relaxation. Right. I love it still. I, I could say I love oceans, but it's not going to bring what I'm talking about, which is that tenderness. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to be conscious of that. The tenderness is what we're looking for. And I love, Tanya, how you said, you know, the breath is kind of hard to get to sometimes. So, yes, my pathway to that is try the breath. If it's not working, put something funny on YouTube first. 
then do a puppy thing, then do the breath. That's, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's how I take them through. Breath. <laughs> puppy breath. Okay. Yeah. I, that's great. Now, I just have to add it in. What if you don't like dogs? Yeah. Then exactly. what? Pick the one that there's got to be something in the world that makes you feel tenderness. Tenderness. So allow yourself to like ask. It could be your partner, right? You know, if that's great, then go for it, right? You know, it could be uh, a grandparent, right? So this is, this is, these are areas that just where can I bring tenderness, that feeling of tenderness? That's you know? brilliant. I haven't, and, what I love is how you distinguish ocean versus that tenderness because it's yeah. something that you can hold on to and love. You don't, I mean, I could love the ocean, but it's not like I can not hug tenderness. it. Right. <laughs> so exactly. That's and then once you're finally pregnant, let's say you've been struggling, at what point, because patients will say, like I had a patient recently say, like, it's so hard for me to even be excited you know, I'm pregnant and, and, and now I'm scared. <laughs> like totally. it's, you're sitting in that fear um, totally. and, or strategies, let's say like, really, I don't know if you have the answer to that at what point, because it'll, it'll yeah. vary by the individual, but what are some strategies when you're finally pregnant? Um, are they the same? hundred percent before we leave pre electronic conceive, sure. there was just yeah. one thing I, I want to make sure that I'm saying, uh, which is around the pressure to think positively get it out of your head okay it's like you right. do not need to be thinking positive right bringing tenderness through oxytocin or a breath is not thinking positive it is doing something actively to help your system right thinking positive is a pressure it is invalidating it dishonors your experience in so many ways and it's not helpful right it's guilt provoking like it's it's really not helpful so people will tell you be positive. It'll happen. You know, it's not, that's not, that's not the way gratitude's fine, right? Be grateful for something else in your life or, you know, uh, that's okay if you want to do that. But really we don't have to think positive. We just have to be open to possibilities. That's brilliant. I love, I love the way that. you put that. Yeah. <laughs> because this is said. exactly how I feel around that subject as well. It's like, it's not about being positive. It's about how you're being in this situation and how are you going to be in this present moment, which doesn't ha not have to be with like sickly, positive sweetness, right? right? Exactly. Which is forced. It's not natural. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so, um, jumping back to your question around, you know, once we conceive and then now there's a whole new kind of anxiety here, right? If we've had losses, even higher. Right. Uh, and that's, again, I want to normalize this, right? You're human. You're going to experience that level of worry, anxiety. It's okay. And then same thing. We're going to use some of those similar techniques to be able to kind of notice when I'm in that heightened state. Right. So the first thing is have compassion for myself. I've been through a lot. This is terrifying. I know I really wanted it. And when people say, but you're pregnant now, you know, you're good. Like you, you can just, ignore them, right? <laughs> you know, and go back to going and it's still hard. Right. So that compassion is really, really critical, self-compassion. And then from there, it's like, okay, and I do know that I'm feeling a high level of stress right now. So what do I, what do I need to be doing to help myself, to comfort myself? Right. And those are those techniques. 
And then the extra piece um, that I always work with uh, for people who've just become pregnant is being in the moment. Like mindfulness and presence is critical now. The point is that you're pregnant right now, unless someone's told you otherwise, you're pregnant right now. So unless there's something that's happening that's telling you otherwise, you're pregnant right now. And that's what we need to come back to. So as our mind wanders into the what ifs, we're going to acknowledge, oh, yeah, of course I'm doing that. And then redirect you back to, and the fact is, I'm pregnant right now. No one's telling me otherwise, right? So that's the, that's the you know, consistent mantra that we go through after, after conception. And that's something that you might have to reiterate over and over and over again, because isn't it so easy for the mind to wander to, you know, the detriments and, and the totally. fears? So, totally. Yeah. 100%. Great. So how can someone be reminded? Because, you know, you can get caught in all those swirling thoughts. How do you pull yourself back to distract yourself and redirect? Like, what's the reminder technique? Yeah. So you can actually keep reminders around you right redirect back in the moment i'm pregnant and have signs all over the place you know you can have stickers you can do that right <laughs> so that there are actual physical reminders uh but just like uh, in meditation like when i meditate my mind wanders and i don't get critical of it i just say no i'm meditating and come back to my word that i meditate on right so it's no different it's a kind redirect back so whenever i realize sometimes i'm meditating like 20 minutes in, i'm like oh wow I have not been here in this meditation. Where did I go? Right? You know, that I just bring myself back. So the second you realize it, that's when we want to bring it back without the critic. Mm -hmm. Right. So easier said than done. Take practice. So then you're speaking to about actual meditation now. I mean, that was just a, a like an analogy. Like it's no different in terms of when you're realizing that you're worrying about the what ifs of of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. As soon as you realize it, that's your cue to shift it back. At some point, you'll have a conscious realization that this is happening. Okay, oh, I'm there. Let me do a technique. Let me shift. Let me redirect. I'm pregnant now. Let me do some breasts. Let me bring some oxytocin like that. So the key is the what ifs, like you catch yourself in the what ifs. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Catch yourself in the what ifs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now you're, so you got pregnant, you worry about the pregnancy, you, you, you're you now coming into second trimester and it's like, shoo, and, but then you worry about the delivery and labor. Right. Yes. Yes. So we're, look, we're wired to worry. <laughs> as humans, like as a species, we're wired to worry. The ones, the ones who didn't worry. I mean, we've all heard this before at some level, I think. But you know, we were eaten by the tigers. If we didn't worry and look around, we were eaten. Like it, that's all there was to it. Or survival. You would have that's survived. <laughs> exactly. We would not have survived as a species if we didn't have that kind of vigilance happening. So, give, us, give yourself a break here. This comes. It's in our DNA. Yes. Right. Uh, it's just that we don't need to be as worried anymore because tigers aren't kind of coming out, at least not here. Right. I mean, you know, so and I wouldn't say this everywhere in the world. Right. You have to be sure. here. I'm talking about North America, most of Europe, but not even that, you know, like there are things to worry about in certain places. So I'm not invalidating those experiences. But here we're safe. Like tigers are just not coming out and there there, you know, isn't a war happening. Like there's not something to be vigilant about. So that's where we want to be um, 
aware of, okay, it's no longer serving me, right? It's like, thanks for trying to protect me, body. I got this though, right? Like we don't, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you. And we actually don't need to be there because this is where we are now. Look around. We're actually safe and we're okay. Mm. Right? So we're going to help the body. We're going to invite in the body to say, again, thank you. We never want to reject. That actually is very harmful. So we want all the parts of us are important. Internal family systems talks about this. Uh, All the parts of us are important. They serve a purpose. What is internal family systems? It's another therapeutic modality. To be honest, I haven't actually studied it yet, uh, but I have a gist of it, you know, and the the idea here is that there are different parts of us that come in to serve us in different ways, so to protect us from X, Y, or Z, and they come from childhood and coping strategies and things like that that we develop. So even our critic is protective. It can get quite harsh sometimes, and that can be learned from a harsh parent, for example, but... We want to recognize that even a harsh parent is trying to protect their child. They may not be helpful in any way, but their their intention is to protect. Right. So we want to like acknowledge the intention and then correct the the languaging, right? And shift it to more compassion and kindness. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we'll totally, get into 100%. that another time for sure, just because you know our whole premise as uh, fertologists, as Dr. Tanya and I are, <laughs> it's really about helping people thrive through their whole course of transitions in their lives. So that is definitely a topic about, you know, how do we thrive as parents? Because gosh, you know, we know that the fertility's journey is super hard, but we think, you know, once we go through it, it's like, okay, well, surely I'm going to catch a break. And yet, you know, we can all chuckle because we've now are on the other side and it's like, oh my gosh, there's no real break because we just face other challenges that look different and we can't undermine those experiences either. So that's why we thought that it'd be important. So with with regards to the stress and not stress about being stressed as we are about to labor and deliver as we are new moms. So let's transition into that piece. Mm 